Hello, hello. I'm your host, Andy, and welcome to another exciting episode of the Project Year podcast. This episode is part of the currently reading segment where a co-host and I choose a book to read and then review it and then talk about it. For this particular episode, I chose to read the novel The Vanishing Half, written by Britt Bennett, who's already one fabulous book old and has been featured in the New York Times Magazine and every other Vogue and L worldwide. That's one of the reasons I chose the book, to find out what the hype was all about. And it's all undoubtedly understandable. Also, before we begin the episode, here's a quick disclaimer. There might be a few spoilers here and there. So if you're one of those people who love surprises and hate spoilers, I suggest you go back to doing whatever it is that you were doing or listen to other fun episodes on the podcast if you haven't already. And while you're at it, don't forget to rate us if you like what you hear. So moving on, we also have the co-host in the house. It's the same one whose cherry I popped in last time. <laughs> and now she's back for sloppy seconds, introducing drum roll. <laughs> Palak Yadav. Yay. Hi, Andy. Thank you for having Hello. me once again. <laughs> so nice, right? Before somebody kind of has you and then you say that every single time <laughs> thank you for having me okay devour me now take me in <laughs> my god andy <laughs> <laughs> so how was it the experience for you reading this book it was it was great i'm so glad you picked this book because this, this time was since it was our first book review it was your turn to pick we decided you'd go first and i'm so glad you picked this book it was so so fun did you enjoy it i wasn't glad I wasn't glad in the beginning because <laughs> it was massive and uh, I'm like, damn, how's it going to be? But trust me, it was a breeze for me. You know, at first I thought it's just going to be like a simple coming of age kind of story with some mm. twists, you know, but the plot in- intensified for me after a while. Yeah. Um, I think it was really the story that that was the most interesting part of the book, right? Yeah, I think so. The plot. Yeah. So this book is essentially about um, twin sisters belonging to a fictional town called Mallard in Louisiana, right, Andy? Yes, in the U.S. And uh, what's peculiar about this town is that it is, um, you know, it's got a predominantly uh, black community. But these are black people who don't look black. You know, their skin color is much lighter. They're known as lighter blacks. And um, yeah, it's about the these twin sisters belonging to that town who choose to run away from home at uh, the age of 16 because they hate their lives in that town. And it's just the story of these two sisters and what happens to, you know, the different paths they choose in life. And uh, it spans like four decades. So it's really interesting. And it's like, I you're right. Like initially I was like, hmm. Like, okay, fine. And then because the thing with reading on my Kindle is that I can never tell how, like with actual books, physical books, I can never tell how how thick or how long it's going to be. So I was just like, okay, let's see where this is going. But it got like super interesting, I think, two chapters in, right? And then we were just like, oh, sold. What did you think? Yeah, I think the thickness and the length don't matter hmm. when it comes to books and boys. <laughs> So, are you sure? Are you sure? <laughs> Sorry, I said that. I think I'm going to take that back. Universe, uh, I take that back. 
that's not the intention that i'm but it was a very mild joke and friendly banter hmm. um it it does matter <laughs> now when it comes to good books this was a good book and it did not matter um hmm. a few words that came to mind you know when i was um done reading actually hmm. i mean of course it's about passing and colorism and you know identity basically hmm. but it's also i think a story about love and acceptance and freedom and you know also doing what's expected of you as part of a community or you know a certain kind of family so to speak because yeah absolutely you know it's and getting away with murder kind of situations i mean <laughs> oh my god this girl who stella hmm. is one of the twins she's stellar <laughs> and you know she is, I, yeah. i heard it i heard hbo's hbo's coming up with this mini series based on the book and i'm curious to know who they cast for the twins because you know finding a light skinned black actor who can yeah. pass off as a white person is going to be a super challenge hmm i'm sure i you mean it's see. hbo so i'm sure they'll do a good job but yeah it'll be really interesting to see who's cast because like i was trying to like in my head it was just beyond <laughs> Beyonce, you know, can't but be Beyonce. Can't be, no. It can't be, yeah, of course. But um, no. it was just, uh, yeah. I think it'll be really interesting. And Stella was wow. I remember you sent me a text saying you hate Stella, but um, but for me, like she was actually my favorite character. Mm. Mm. So speaking of passing, hmm. have you passed as someone else ever? Because like maybe just a little bit, like you know, small lies, like you know, lies about your age, where you're from, anything, mm. or just were you asked to pass as someone else? Also, sometimes that happens too, wow. and you kind of just oblige. That's a loaded question. I don't know. I haven't th- thought about it. I don't. I mean, of course, the the straight answer would be no. But now that I think of it, like, aren't we constantly trying to pass off as someone we're not? Like, I'm, like, you know, with your style and, like, I wear a lot of makeup, <laughs> so it's someone who mm-hmm. I'm not. You know, I'm not naturally. I don't look a certain way, so I don't know. But no, I don't think I have. Otherwise, like, for me, I don't think it comes naturally to just be someone I'm not. Um, but. I don't know that's a very interesting question have you I mean wait for the time palak where you find the guy that you can't basically let go of and the guy <laughs> asks me are you vegetarian and you're just going to say yes How dare you <laughs> I would never <laughs> Even if the guy is like Christian Grey you would never <laughs> yeah, Okay I don't think never. I'm going to meet anyone like Christian Grey in this lifetime Andy <laughs> but yeah i mean i have at i mean just for a short period and i kind of came clean much i mean years later it was um, very momentary i was asked to do it hmm. because so you know i used to kind of do corporate training before and i was one of the youngest huh? everybody else was like above 40 and stuff and i was like 21 hmm. so i was made to wear glasses and chop my hair off and deliberately look old Oh. So that people would listen to me. And now you're trying to look young every day. <laughs> every day is you a new attempt at looking younger. <laughs> I mean, I... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, this is what I call time traveling. I guess okay. we are passing then every day. <laughs> okay, so, so getting yeah, back I to mean, the book, what... Andy. 
<laughs> what was relatable for you? What was like, what was, and could you relate to the book or any character in particular? I mean, I related initially I was, because, you know, more than anything else, like what I love about this book is that it was so educational for me because the plot is something that I wasn't familiar with as in, of course, I wasn't familiar with the plot, but the story is something I'd never read anything of this sort before. Of course, I've left, uh, read a lot in the past about race and identity a lot of Toni Morrison and I've read you know other books but um, for me what was interesting is that I'd never heard of something like this you know uh, even passing I knew of the term but I wasn't really familiar with it and uh, when I read this book initially I was like it's not relatable you know it, I mean I couldn't relate to it because I haven't I mean luckily for me I'm very uh, grateful I haven't been in a situation where I have to you know, where I've had to go through any of these experiences. But as I read more and more, um, for me, Stella was uh, not relatable Stella. in the sense that, yeah, <laughs> Stella, who you hate. Uh, one of the twins, by the way, guys. I don't who, anymore. I don't Yeah, anymore. like by the I end don't. of the book, you get it, you know. But I know that feeling of wanting to be, as in, obviously, your your throughout the book you're you understand why she's doing what she's doing but you don't you're still judging like silently judging her right all of us I mean that's natural because uh, Desiree is the one who makes the braver choice of coming back and leaving a abusive husband but Stella on the face of it is has made a decision that is that's convenient and I know some I, I have been in a position where I've chosen to uh you know, do something which is easier than the, you know, the easier uh, path, basically. And I know that feeling of, you know, wanting to pick something that's more convenient for me and then regretting that decision forever. Because throughout the book, if you if you remember, Stella is constantly saying, you know, how weak she thinks she is. Because even in that part where, where she... And we find out much later. Uh, and also, guys again trigger of course there's going to be spoilers and um, like Andy said stop listening if you're not if you don't want anything to be spoiled for you but I highly recommend that you read the book and come back and revisit the podcast because this is actually a very simple read as in it's not very intense and um, it's actually very easy to read and you get really you know involved Uh, but also trigger warning there is there are instances of abuse they're not very graphic, but it's not on us to decide what is graphic for you and what's not. You know, but yeah, because you know, for me, it was very graphic. Really, the point. Yeah, it was very graphic. I mean, yeah, that's what I I'm saying. It's like so it's that is so subjective, and so I just it's best to just put out this warning that there are there is abuse in the book, and uh, for me, like so I, I just hmm, sorry. So basically, if you're visual, kind of just be prepared with you know tissues yeah. and. <laughs> Um, a lot of these things. Cause, yeah, I mean, but you know, you get to the times st- that I cried too. Okay, I didn't cry, and that's very rare for me actually because I cry a lot when I'm reading. But I got you know that feeling when you're just like uh-huh, like inside, but <laughs> 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 just like like I wasn't crying, but I was just like oh, which is what I actually yeah. Another thing I want to talk about is um. Sorry, we were talking about Stella first. Sorry, guys, it's going to happen a lot. We'll be digressing constantly uh, because we're discussing. This is a very organic uh, discussion about the book. But uh, yeah, coming to Stella, we find out about her uh, abuse much later in the book. 
she she mentions you know that because they're identical twins she says that i was chosen to be abused by that white person because i was the weaker twin you know and he knew i'd never tell anyone so that is constantly uh, playing uh, in her mind you know that she is weak and she keeps telling herself that that she chose she made this decision to continue life as a white person because life is much simpler especially at the time when this book is based you know primarily 60s to 80s you know life was much simpler for as we're seeing today even life is much simpler for a white person and she made that decision and then she regrets it constantly but uh, as i was saying earlier what i like about this book um when you what were you talking about before this andy we the crying yeah the crying no mm. i meant the crying i what i love mm. is that at no point is this book you know like dramatic or controversial or scan like i think the most dramatic part of the book is when um when jude desiree's daughter the twin one one of the twins daughter yeah. when she sees um stella at that party that's the most dramatic thing to happen in the book otherwise it's constant you know it's just like com- like you know uh completely crazy happens which i really like and she sets that tone initially itself so you're never it's never overwhelming but it's it's just there it's just happening and i love that it's yeah. so simple like it's so easy to read it's not so for me i i've read some books that are really intense when i have to take a break while reading and maybe we'll read something lighter and come back to it but for me this just flowed like you know it was just it was perfect you know for me it was like oh my god now it's going to be start of drama you know sometimes like you start just predicting something and like yeah. oh god now she's going to go there like she would almost go there and boomerang back to the story <laughs> because, exactly yeah um you know when desiree um desiree and stella when they quit mallard and they uh went to new orleans and mm-hmm. i think um desiree went to washington dc and there i think in the background this whole uh luther king uh, assassination and stuff was happening right i thought oh my god now she's going to go there i don't want history now and then she didn't yeah you know so it was almost as if the, you know she's going to spark that overwhelming thing but she didn't hmm. coming back to stella hmm. <laughs> my uh my Art yeah guys andy actually but, texted me at some point uh while we were both reading saying stella is such a bitch <laughs> <laughs> i know like just get it over with like the act is done you know if if it's like a long uh, a movie that you think you're going to pre- because i'll tell you like it's so stressful passing hmm. as someone else constantly because constantly you're escaping the past and you can't make peace with the present and you're constantly worried about the future hmm. you know so it's it's that requiring of putting up a performance always constantly and yeah of course i mean it has its pros and cons but if you see stella's daughter as well i mean i think it wasn't surprised that she took up acting and you know kept chasing her identity all over the world yeah right and you know remember that line that uh, because kennedy took acting school you know went to acting school drama class whatever hmm. and her teacher said that you know acting is not about being seen it's about being invisible. being invisible yeah the funny thing is that she could not just stay invisible because she held on to this identity so strongly to hmm. be an actor that it just you know she couldn't escape so I mean Stella the way she was a lot of that uh drama <laughs> passed through the DNA I think the Kennedy and Absolutely um, yeah 
yeah like mother like daughter and but, for the for both uh, the for both the children i would say like you know even um, in a strange way because by the again spoilers guys but by the end of the book when you see the when you compare the two i mean actually the four lives because um, these are all parallel so uh, one of the like for me reading books where we are given different points of view is actually my favorite thing which is and that form of writing i really enjoy you know that non um, non linear which is not sequential form of writing where you like jump from one character to to another in any case i have always loved that but i love that we yeah. were given these different points of view but uh, this was primarily primarily to draw parallels by the end of the book you see fight sticking to their roots i mean jude in a way of course did not because she wanted to grow up to become something you know different and get out of that she town wife i think she was quite like a mother because yeah but were, end of the day right girls of their word you know like they say something and that it just kind of they meant it yeah yeah meant it yeah and uh, and stella on the other hand was and even i feel like even that that weakness in her you know which is that 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 she keeps saying she admits to being um also sort of like you said you know it's you can see traces of that in her daughter as well because there's always this like sense of being lost you know don't know where you belong and she's very like she's uh, what is her name kennedy is just all over the place you know and which is why i think yeah. that would affect her acting as well because the the uh, that film what is that the tv show that she gets to do is only after i think specific cove or something yeah so it all it all you know it all ties in together towards the end and it all makes sense you know so i really like that i mean i think brit bennett's character development is is crazy because i think more than the writing Epic. itself she focuses on the she really focuses on the characters like especially even, when you're kind of jumping from one period of time to the other constantly right like um but one thing i i definitely want to ask brit this question hmm. and anybody actually who grew up in the us around the 70s or you know late 60s and all, all of 70s hmm. why didn't any any of these girls stella or kennedy have a shrink <laughs> was it not popular cuz <laughs> both of definitely both of them definitely need a shrink yeah i mean stella definitely i mean kennedy i mean also i don't know did people mental health is not even given a, made a priority now i don't know if it was back in 70s and people were still struggling for like basic rights <laughs> so i don't yeah, know i mean they probably. could definitely afford it uh, they, those were the set <laughs> yeah. of set of uh, you know the mother daughter pair that could afford therapy but uh, yeah i think stella needed some some serious therapy which is why it was so sad right because when once she befriends that um, the neighbor of hers black neighbor it's so it's so heartbreaking to see that because she she says a few yeah. times that she reminds her of desiree her sister and but it was a constant battle within her you know to um, to want to be with her what was her name uh, loretta or something i forgot her name loretta loretta yeah. right loretta and at the same time you know just hiding the, that fact the fact that she is friendly with the black neighbor with you know the rest of the residents as well as her own husband you know 
and inside at one point remember when her husband Blake himself is so when she's so adamant and so against the the blacks moving into the neighborhood he himself is slightly embarrassed because he was like i had a black nanny growing up and i'm actually quite <laughs> okay why is she so you know yeah. he's just glad yeah. that she spoke up because she's very reserved otherwise but um, but it's because she believes that though the family will be able to see right through her and that's so heartbreaking because imagine like and she mentions this that you know it's not it's so lonely being in a world that is not meant for you because she's constantly reminding herself that i don't belong here but she just feels like it's too late for her to to i mean she doesn't necessarily necessarily have to leave the world she just has to tell her family but it that is so hard that- for her I think it was very apt to kind of release the frozen soundtrack let it go at that point <laughs> let it go like just let it go woman just let it go just i mean it's so you know, hard I, I and i mean imagine <clears throat> look at the, look at it this way even the, the both these girls saw their their father being lynched uh just for being black like you know remember that part when she uh, they asked the question i think stella one of the twins asks why why did this happen to him and the answer is because he was black and the thing is the scary part is that he was a black who didn't look black but that didn't save right. him because of the knowledge that he was black right so it didn't help that he was a lighter black even though within their community there's this hierarchy that they have to sort of only marry and have children with people who I look know. like them so within there they feel that they're superior to other blacks who are who are dark skinned but end of the day the skin does not the knowledge that you are black is enough to get you killed the skin color will not help you and that is so scary because tell he's lied for so many years and then having to like just it's scary and it's it is i think she went too far i think she went too far in terms of years with this mm. whole act i think to kind of um come come out clean mm. would she would have to lose a lot i think it was just a fear of right losing. because it's just one lie after another and then it just that's what she keeps saying it's too late because even like when kennedy sort of knows right her daughter sort of at some point she 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 knows but they never talk about it as in there's this one part of course when they discuss it uh, very fleetingly but she knows that her daughter knows but they never bring it up her husband will never know because she just feels like her her image in her uh the the image that her daughter has of her will change forever which is not even true because her daughter resents her for lying to her all the time right like yeah. that fam they con- she's constantly talking about oh you know my mother and no oh, she's so full of secrets and they're just always constantly talking about the secrets in their family so it's that's just that's one of my favorite uh, <laughs> character is the other twin <laughs> because you know Desiree, i don't know yeah. i have this yeah i have this bias you know towards characters which are grounded and you know who are grounded and are constantly pulled in various directions hmm. but just keep pacing through life making tough life choices right. and it's kind of interesting to read when a character unfolds in that fight you know huh. struggle and challenges and then they kind of get wiser and stronger like like Beyonce and Whitney Houston <laughs> Shawshank Redemption that dude and Red. all of that you know mm. yeah I, I I mean some would right. argue that like the I mean it's what Stella is doing is really really insane also you know as in it's it's scare it's super scary what she's doing and 
one way of looking at it is brave as in it is a brave decision that she's made but uh, i mean i guess the most of course the more righteous thing to do was to stay back and not lie or all of that because imagine imagine if she would do if there'd be somebody like that today hmm she'd be i mean that'd be public lynching by black people <laughs> they wouldn't let her because if she come out clean it wouldn't happen today i think so I'm that it won't sure, happen actually. today whether i even would. light skin black people i don't know hmm. are they even light skin okay by the people? way after once i started to read the book i did google this and don't ask me what uh, <laughs> keywords i used but by the way i read this article <laughs> on the guardian which was uh, about apparently there is such a community in ohio and i was very very curious to know whether uh, because i think you mentioned that it was uh, brit got this idea from her mother like she could, had a, had these conversations with the mother who who gave yeah. her the idea for this story but i was interested to know if uh, if she's read that article because like i sent it to you i went through it and it's it almost exactly like like mallard <laughs> you know wow uh, they said that the only the only way like we have been brought up like the only reason we know we're black is because we've been brought up that way and we have it written on our um, what do you call that birth certificates they mention negroes hmm. you know otherwise they wouldn't know that they're blacks and they don't look it and then there's this whole like um it's a, it's a it's a pretty long article which discusses a, a bunch of families in the town and a lot of those people have chosen to live live as white and they've you know gone over so so i think this is a thing i don't know if this is because the the article was definitely released before the before much before the book so i don't know if she's read it but uh, i mean there is of course some truth in the story because such a community actually does exist i hope trump so it's from there because ohio is called the mother of all pre- heart of all presidents or mother of all presidents or something oh my god <laughs> Trumps not from there. <laughs> <laughs> you know well, what is also interesting for me was the release of this book. You know, hmm. it almost seems that it's so timely the way when it's released because you know with hmm. this whole Black Lives Matter movement and you know the world pining for acceptance of all kinds and especially America. Um, since I mentioned Trump. Um, hmm. with with a president like trump and all you know this <laughs> hmm. book is quite iconic in that sense in yeah because in a very subtle way the characters are kind of nuanced and intertwined into this tale of you know colorism and racial identity because it is very current um yeah i agree if you look at jude's boyfriend hmm. who's a trans man uh hmm. it reminded me of Jared Leto's Oscar winning performance in Dallas Buyers Club Buyers Club yeah yeah of course yeah so much so i don't know mm-hmm. that was very graphic for me in 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 a lot of ways you know where i mean kind of- yeah because that's the thing and i think like i was wondering why you know uh, it was so interesting that that she had that character in the book because i really loved Reese you know in fact most of the male characters in the book even though we're not giving their points of view like not too much we don't delve too deep into she doesn't ever you know delve too deep into that but we get like bits and pieces from early as well as a little bit from reese i think but uh, 
I just love Reese's character, and I was wondering why why she chose to write that. And I think he is almost, and this is like seventies, eighties, where things were presumably not easy for trans people. And at that yeah. time, he made that decision to to you know to get surgery to, and it wasn't easy. Of course, he had to leave his home. Obviously, like money was an issue. The way they're living, their living standards, him and uh, his and Jude's, you know, it's very. It was heartbreaking to read his bits, and it was still so sweet because I love him and uh, Jude together. Like I thought they were so cute. One, the only romance sort of an angle in the book. I mean, mm. Desiree and her sort of early uh, mm. boyfriend. Um, I don't know why would you name somebody early, like especially <laughs> if he's come out late. <laughs> like, imagine if he's a late bloomer and he's called early. <laughs> but um, yeah, that's... <laughs> but um, you know now that it, now that you come to think of it, hmm. it almost seems as though Jude was an extension of Desiree, and she was dark skinned because of her father. Right. Um, so she, however, she did go out in the world and kind of, you know, grappled with uh, acceptance and all of that. Hmm. And Reese, on the other hand, was kind of like Stella, was more courageous and still kind of went, uh, you know, out in the world and was dealing with acceptance. So it kind of just again seems yeah. like very parallel. And both of them, they're such strong characters, uh, both Jude and Reese, because like Reese's childhood is. Like really, really sad, right? As when I was reading it, because the way uh, that she had to go through, especially that bit about her, um, because she she has a a dark skinned black father. She's black mm. and uh, doesn't belong in a town which is of black people, but are light skinned. So she's given a lot of grief over her her appearance, and she has a very tough time in school. In fact, the person her first kiss, right, right, Andy, her yeah. first you know romantic mm. experience is with someone uh, who is not willing to be seen with her publicly. So having to read that, it's so it's so it's so heartbreaking, you know. And, and then to, to find, yeah, and, and to find that she finds finds something in Reese. Who himself is going through this whole other, whole other thing, you know? It's so lovely, and it's like a, it's such a great payoff. And I think that's what, like, like I said, that there's not like much happening in the book except like there's so much happening, but not much happening. But I loved uh, Jude's, you know, arc because it was just like from going from feeling sorry for her because she's, you know, of course she's fatherless and. I mean, not fatherless, but you know what I mean. Like uh, abusive yeah, father yeah. who her and her mother choose to uh, leave, and then having a really hard time at school, then getting a scholarship to study in LA, and then of course going to med school, meeting Reese. Like then you're just like, oh, I'm so glad good things are happening for her, you know, because then you feel like you watch Stella, who is in married into a very wealthy, uh, very uh, you know affluent family. But is so lonely all the time. Whereas Jude and Reese don't have a lot of money, you know. But they have each other, and they have yeah. a happy life together. And it's it's they, that I love the whole like you know, the comparison between the lives of these people. 
I think that was really lovely. And throughout the book, you're feeling sort of sorry for Desiree, who's left behind in that town. But even that, it just comes full circle, right, towards the end, because you're just yeah. you realize that ultimately, and that la- I don't want to reveal too much, but ultimately that you know the last passage I'm talking about in the book. It's mm. so freeing, you know, and I think it's meant to be liberating for the readers because it's nothing like nothing again, nothing too dramatic or outrageous happens in the end. I think a lot of people did find it underwhelming, and initially I was like, "Is that it?" <laughs> you know. You know, so any book when it just starts ending the last forty, fifty pages, I start like imagining and predicting different ends, and I get very Bollywood. <laughs> so I thought, uh, you know, the twins are gonna reunite. It's gonna be all about it's you know it's all about loving your family, and yeah. Reese is gonna take that photograph, and that's why it's gonna end. But <laughs> you know. Um, the end uh both of them take that dip you know uh reese right. and jude in the water yeah. for me now that i think of it it's very metaphorical because because these are the two strongest know, characters in the book yeah yeah and, 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 and direct like contrast yeah sorry jude's because jude is desiree's daughter like i said you know it's mm. so she's like an extension and then finally she's kind of free and um Uh, Reese also is now transformed into a full adult man. You know, taking a dip in the river was for me. I imagine almost like it was like baptism. You know, all yeah, yeah, anew, yeah. and they kind of embrace freedom together. So absolutely, like, I think that's oh, what it was meant to be. Because you know, it's just these two. I think these two characters in the entire book have struggled the most. And I don't. I mean, I don't mean the way Stella has by by real you know, struggle, by, guys. Real. struggle <laughs> not what stella wanted money yeah. and white skin <laughs> yeah so so not in the way stella did and not in the way desiree did but in like a whole other you know so many ups and downs and all of that and also in this town which and what was also symbolic was it happened in mallard when she returned for you know what and um, where a town that she always hated and sort of wanted to escape and for her to yeah. find this uh, this moment of liberation in that town and that river part was it was really lovely and like i'm the like the way you think and approach a book is very similar to how my mom does <laughs> because she also for her payoff is very important so she feels like if a book does a book or a movie does not have a have a happy ending like it should all just make sense in the end you know <laughs> i'm not like that i'm a, i'm a very like open to like i will sort of mold myself to to like the ending you know and i like usually yeah. i'm the more realistic i i really actually did enjoy the end uh, because i feel like like i said she set up that tone for us way earlier in the book you know because i think by the by you, by the time you reach uh, you know somewhere in the middle of the book you've understood her style of writing and you already yeah, know yeah. that it's not going to be like you said every time you're expecting something really major to happen it doesn't yeah. so you reach a point where you stop uh, sort of uh, predicting or expecting things so for me i was just like i didn't exactly even though like in fact even we spoke about this i think even the reunion bit which you found really hilarious uh is that <laughs> you think that something really crazy will happen but it does not like even the mother guy sorry this is a massive spoiler but even the mom which andy found really funny uh is <laughs> at that time because i old. think alzheimers i think alzheimer she gets alzheimers and i think alzheimers is 
I mean, to somebody who's on the receiving end, <laughs> Alzheimer's pretty can be very bitchy because <laughs> Andy, you start with horrid. something, you start a conversation, and the person's like, uh, "Who are you?" Yeah, I don't mean, get me food. I mean, Stella also is expecting this, like you know, I don't know if she she's expecting a warm welcome necessarily. I think she knows people will be mad, <laughs> but she's expecting a reaction, and she doesn't get one, you know. And yeah. I love that about the book. Like I love and I love her style of writing. That's what I love writing. about Alzheimer's. That's what I love about Alzheimer's. Stop it, Andy! <laughs> so bitchy. Oh my god! <laughs> wow. Yeah, but that's what I love about her writing. It's very, of course, it's very reminiscent of of a lot of uh, writers like Toni Morrison and a uh, little bit of Alice Walker and everything. But, but. I love that it's so. And first of all, oh my God, I cannot believe that Brit Bennett is just thirty. She's like, I'm almost thirty, and I could, I cannot imagine myself being able to write that way. You know, it's there's so much like wisdom in her writing, and uh, I mean, she's way younger than you, Andy. So, I mean, come on, Not way like don't make it sound like, like I'm way 80. younger. <laughs> She's just four years, <laughs> but um, yeah, you'll you'll enter my box in terms of age, and you'll realize the wisdom just kind of pours in. Uh-huh, yeah. I'm sure you're gonna write. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure you're gonna write a book <laughs> when you kind of turn thirty something. I'm really hoping to sure pu- uh, to publish a book before thirty. Doesn't look like I'll be able to. But I was yeah, but I was shocked because this is my first book uh, that I'm reading of Brit Bennett's. I I know that she's her first novel. I don't know if it was the first, but her previous novel, The Mothers, was like super super well received. I haven't yeah. read it. I plan to now, but I was so shocked to know to hear that she's just thirty because like it just from your from her writing you can't tell. Um, it seems like someone who's who's been through that. You know, it seems like it's written by someone who's just like lived that life. So I I love the writing, and there was some like it. Again, it wasn't like oh my god, every line is a sucker punch and this and that. Um, yeah. It's just something like towards the end of every chapter, she'll just drop this bomb, like you know, I mean, in a literary sense, and you're just like wow. Some of some of the lines were just really incredible, but I mean, like I don't know. We already kind of are. We have a connection, Brit and I, because she likes my Instagram posts. Oh my god! Yes, guys. Brit Bennett has liked our Instagram post, Project EA's post. So her and uh, Andy are essentially friends now. <laughs> yeah, we go by like first names. Mm. Andy and Brit. I love it. I love it. I love it. <laughs> so, uh, stay. I think that's all the time that we have today. Uh, yes, guys. The- please read this book. It's it's well worth your time. And it'll soon be made into an HBO series, and that'll be super exciting. And then everyone's going to be like, like wanting to read it before watching the series anyway. So you may as well read it now and listen to our podcast, and then enjoy, and then reread it before enjoy. the series is out. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I mean, I don't mind doing like a review on the series later, comparing the book and the series. Yeah, we can revisit this then. Yeah. Absolutely. Awesome. And uh, the next book is going to be picked by Palak. And Woo-hoo! I hope we pick something that is uh, more gender neutral in terms of... I'm done reading women's books now. Oh women's centric books. Um, last one I read was Little Fires Everywhere. Everywhere. Hmm. And 
now this one and then i'm just finishing city of girls i think i'm done <laughs> okay cool i'll confer with you before picking next book Well, that was a fun, fun conversation and super thank you for listening. Stay updated for more such fun conversations via our Instagram page with the handle Project Yay. And until we meet again, um, well, you hear me again, um, you know what I mean. <laughs> I'm Andy, your host, checking out.